Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to 99 Potions, Fanbytes' our, our premier RPG podcast. I am your host today, Imran Khan. With me today is one head of media, our head of large, John Warren. Hi, I'm head of large media. Head of large head media. Yeah. Thank you. Large head media is not a bad name for... It sounds like a crypto company. To yeah, me. it does. Does it? it I think... I, I. You know what? I'm going to Google it, but I'm pretty sure big head media exists. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we should sue them. It's the studio that makes uh, Big Mouth, right? No, actually, when I clicked on BigHeadsMedia.com, it sent me a uh, please do not go to this link. They're trying to fish. They're trying to fish you. uh, (laughs) So I'm going to close that and we're going to get on with the show. Yeah, that the other dulcet tones you heard were the said dulcet tones of one senior managing editor, Stephen Strom. Thank you very much. Yeah, they call me podcast because of my podcast. It's me. I'm here. Yeah, that that is weird to call you the thing that you also do. Right. And also for me to just like explain that to people. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I guess it makes sense because like you you go back in in times like John Smith is a name because he's a Smith and like mm. you know John's a biblical name. Uh huh. So like we would be like Imran podcast, Imran ninety nine potions or whatever. Yeah, Imran mm-hmm. game journalism. That's yeah, Imran Imran games journalism. Yes that that is my my surname games journalism. It's British. <laughs> Speaking of British, what, guess who is back? One Natalie Flores. Hello, Natalie. Hi. Um, I sat there with tears in my eyes for like a few seconds because your boy sounded like Mickey Mouse going boy. Oh boy. So I was like, <laughs> I was really caught off guard for a moment. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I'm learning something about Natalie is that she might have like pitch deafness. Is that something oh, that's oh, real? Um, n- not sure, but I definitely have trouble hearing. Yeah. So oh, you could be tone deaf. Yeah, th- that's true. Because I'm like, uh, definitely. If you ask anyone who hears me saying, I they would say I'm. Tone because deaf. I mean, Imran, I don't think that sounded like Mickey Mouse, my my friend. But no, uh, not at all. No, but stop uh, lying to him. <laughs> Just <laughs> make him feel better. I mean, I don't Natalie's trying to get me sued by Disney. Yeah, this right, 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 yeah, yeah. This podcast. Yeah, I mean, we had a Disney buying Fox big acquisition yesterday. Was Microsoft and Ac- wait. Disney, but yeah, okay, I said the right thing, right? Yes. <laughs> Disney buying Fox. And then I'm Microsoft glad you walked with that analogy very well prepared for what the whole sense would be. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounded a little bit like it. It was just like a very energetic, like not video game dad 
rendition of right. boy, which would make sense because you're not Imran video game dad. You're Imran game Imran journalism. Game journalism. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's yeah. a really good point. And you're so Natalie back all, from England. Back from yeah, England. I was I was gonna ask, are so that does that make all of us like you know like Stephen games journalism? Or We're all John one big happy family, except for John, who is head of large. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm John. Uh, C level manager for a mid sized <laughs> media company. When you I, said C level, I yes, thought you I, meant also. <laughs> I thought you I meant also. that you were at C level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you could you could you could, you could interpret it a few ways. Like C level is I'm very low to the ground. Um, yeah. C level also like if you're grading me, I would probably say about C. You know, absolutely like, not. I'm no. doing I'm doing the job, but it's like. You know, I'm coasting like I did in school. Um, I wish I could just like grab through the screen and just like. Natalie, did you have well, mushy actually, peas? Well, I can't say that because you're my boss. But did you, like, just <laughs> did you eat mushy anger. peas when you were in England? Did I meet Yoshi P? No, did you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the question. Both questions. <laughs> While you were in England, did you happen to come across <laughs> Yoshi P? <laughs> now, okay, now I'm going to fucking find and replace Yoshi P and, and replace it with mushy peas and see how long it takes y'all to notice. Um, yeah, no, did you eat mushy peas? Did you have bangers and mash? Did you have a traditional English breakfast? Hell no. I will say that I think the, the closest thing, because like, so... London, my trip, amazing. I adored every moment of it. Sure. That I wasn't like crying because I didn't like automatically adapt to the, you know, the ways of navigating an entirely foreign country. Yeah. Because um, those are very realistic expectations to have on yourself. Um, but like London was an incredible change in terms of like dining because over here, so in Miami, um, there's so much diversity in terms of like the Latin cultures and types of food that you can get yeah. among like different Latin cultures, mm. but it, you're going to be very hard pressed to find literally anything else. Like you have to drive maybe an hour to find <laughs> an Indian restaurant or something. Wait, or that's how in it London? feels like. In London? No, no, no. In, no, in, no, Miami. in Miami. I was following wow. along. God, that would be funny if Natalie was like, they don't do Indian food at all in London. <laughs> you know? Like, what are all those wars for? <laughs> like for, for, for getting that tikka masala is like the national fucking dish of, of England. Yeah. yeah. All like, that colonization just wasn't worth it. Let's go home. No, but in Miami. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so in London, it was really amazing to just sort of like turn the corner and you find like a bunch of like small restaurants with really good food. Like you have on one corner, there's like Japanese food. And then on the other one, it's like Iranian food. It's just kind of really amazing to me. And so, mm. um, so I, I gravitated towards all of those like small restaurants most of the time. But I felt like I, I couldn't leave the UK without trying Chiki Nando's. Um, it was fucking terrible. I hate it. Wow. I don't know how everyone likes that shit. Natalie. So, okay, that, that's equivalent to Nat Natalie if someone from the UK came here and was like, oh, we gotta try McDonald's. Okay, we gotta but, try American but, McDonald's. 
okay, but yeah, like. <laughs> or or going to California and say, I got to get in and out. Like, it's not the ideal experience, but we must we say California it is a quintessential <laughs> experience. Also, McDonald's over there, absolutely awful. Terrible, yes. even. Oh, my right. goodness. Like, yeah. they have these little cheese bites. They're like the most disgusting things I've ever tasted. Like, I didn't know I could dislike a form of cheese. And that the <laughs> vanilla milkshake was like the blandest thing I have ever tasted and my friend was like well you ordered a vanilla milkshake and i was like yeah and vanilla has varying tastes that's the interesting part of vanilla you don't know what you're gonna get but i got cardboard i I lived there it's it makes sense for me to go to mcdonald's you were that you went to mcdonald's on vacation (laughs) in england (laughs) yes because okay so it was a bank holiday that day and i was with my friend and literally nothing was open so i was like Okay. Gotta get McDonald's. And I tried McDonald's in the UK. Pretty bad, actually. So try <laughs> to avoid going there where there's like, I don't know, two consecutive bank holidays. Because yeah. I guess New Year's and Christmas took place or, or something like that yeah. took place during the weekend. So they just sort of like moved those free days over. That was quite nice of um, the government, I think. Like one of the nice few things that they do over there. Um, it, it's also really nice of you, Natalie, to warn people out there, if you're a tourist in another country, in England, try to avoid going to McDonald's, a thing that people are just flocking to the border to go do in <laughs> in London right now. I mean, Everybody wants to do it. I mean, you know what, Stephen? I gotta be honest with you. When I go places and I see and like big tourist-heavy places, fucking McDonald's are packed to the fucking brim. Like, yeah. legitimately. Because people, I, I people mean, are just... It's, it's, it's the close to what the they known. know. It's close to what they know. Yeah. Like they, that's, that's, it is genuinely a thing that is like the, I'll tell you one of the busiest McDonald's I've ever been to was in Barcelona across the street from La Sagrada Familia. Like one of the most <laughs> beautiful tourist attractions in the world. And it's like there, oh, you get out and you're like, wow, I saw something incredible, a, a cathedral that's been being built for 130 years. I can't mm-hmm, believe it. Mm-hmm. You know what I want? I want some gazpacho from fucking McDonald's. That's what I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's good because like you, it's something that, you know, and it's fast food also. So if you're in the middle of trying to see the area, it's like, well, I'm just going to pop in there for some you know, the yeah. six pieces of chicken McNuggies and yeah. that's it. And yeah. Yeah. And and I also I also find I mean, I guess I don't know if this is like the majority, but I actually find it fun to figure out like the differences in the menus between the places sure. that I travel to. Yeah. Like yeah. KFC doesn't have my favorite item on the menu over in the UK. And I think that's like abhorrent. Well, but you, it, you, well it, like, you need it, to tell it, us what that is now. What What is your favorite It's the famous thing? bowl. Okay. Favorite, the famous but I order it without <laughs> gravy. So you just like the, sl- you like you, like I love the fucking famous bowl so much because <laughs> some, some executive, some executive is just like, you know what? Just fucking slop all this stuff yes. in a bowl. It, yeah, it's, it's not drop. meant to go it's, together. It's a horse's trough. It's, it's a, just like a bowl it's form. It's a horse trough of KFC items. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't oh. have that in the UK. Because yeah. 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 whoever can, runs the UK, KFC is boring. Can you fucking imagine when the queen was alive, uh, her getting <laughs> uh, a fucking famous bowl from uh, KFC? God. That's what killed her. That's she what got killed the her. <laughs> like they were about to bring the famous bowl over. Allegedly. She was the first customer. I guess we should say allegedly the queen is <laughs> dead. 
<laughs> Speaking of the queen, the day that I arrived over there, oh, that's, that's a good opening. Was, yeah. Speaking of how the queen died, the day I got there, <laughs> the day that I got there, my homie, the queen. Um, <laughs> you don't want to like cop to that, honestly, Natalie. You don't want to be like, yeah, I'm friends with the queen. Allegedly, the queen. Um, I, which I thought was just a great, just sort of. Uh, really just captured are the differences between the UK and America. Um, the day that I arrived there, apparently a 19-year-old uh, tried to go into the palace to execute his plan to assassinate the allegedly still-alive queen with Whoa. a crossbow. Whoa. He didn't get far, obviously, wow. with a crossbow. He was Gerald Dixing it up in there, but I was like, <laughs> you know, over in America, you would hear something like, yeah, he brought in like an AR-15 and started shooting and like five people were injured what is right, critical right. Thing? instead he just, he just like, pulled yeah, one crossbow. off one of the suits of armor in his castle that they all live in over there it was a great trip I have very fond memories that I'll probably recount over the course of uh, future episodes as I reflect well, I have, on I have one question food related mm-hmm. did you while you were there just get like traditional fish and chips no yeah what you? Ew! I don't like fish at all, and ch- chips. And are fish and chips. It's like you're thinking okay. of moving to England. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, I hate I fish avoided- and chips and chicken vindaloo and uh, all these things. <laughs> Listen, I have gone my entire life in America knowing maybe three things on the McDonald's menu, like personally eaten and consumed. I am good. Uh, just sticking to very specific things that I know because I'm terrified of change. Well, then then I would say that your assertion earlier in the episode that you have to drive an hour in Miami to find Indian food, I'm going to take that mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. That is <laughs> I looked it up on the Lyft app because I, I don't drive. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> that, but that does open up a question for me, Natalie, which is, is the only fish you've ever had... From Long John Silver's. From Long John Silver's. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say McDonald's, but both questions. Hey, that shit was good when I was a child. Uh, but so no, the answer is yes. <laughs> my mom has cooked a fish or two in this household. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. What is you happening? Gotta, you gotta leave your mom out there twisting in the wind. The only fish I've had is the one my mom made, and it was terrible. Oh, no, I hated it. I like her fish. That's why I can like tolerate eating it. But like, if you willingly ask me, like if you take me out somewhere and you're like, Natalie, do you want to eat fish? I'm like, no, I'd rather have literally anything else. Uh, it's fair. Listen, like, yeah, you got, if, if it's not fresh fish tastes funky. Yeah, it's true. It tastes yeah. funky. Even if it's fresh. Well, no, well, that's that's not really true. That's not how. And food I swear, works. I haven't just eaten rotten fish all my life or something. <laughs> <laughs> just disclaimer. Natalie's case. gonna about to reveal that like she's only had fish actually up in North Dakota. She's had lutefisk and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had, she had shellfish in Arkansas. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, lutefisk is a rapper, I think. Mm, yeah, Luda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, I'm snorting a lot lately. It's, 
Joker. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that came through the the mic, but oh, it did. Yeah, we did. Okay, cool. So, yeah. like, uh, when I came back from England, like there was there were some like Britishisms like like kept for like the first couple of weeks. I like that yours was I'm snorting a lot. I'm snorting <laughs> a lot. People made me laugh during the trip, and I just started snorting, and I was like, "Why is this happening? The, the climate change? No, but it's yeah, that was funny, Imran. Good, good." Good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The climate change. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natalie, it's, it's good that you embrace this change. And one change that a lot of people are embracing now is playing PlayStation games on PC. Damn. Oh, that's that's cool. Cool. Let's go. It's Larry not good if we clap. call it out. Dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we call it out every time and then it's ruin true. the segue by doing yeah. so. Yep. Hey, I enjoy it still every time. <laughs> but one of the games that did just come out was God of War, which we did review on the the website Kenneth Shepard has reviewed the PC port of God of War, yes, which you can find on fanbyte.com. But as Natalie has so so vehemently pointed out, God of War is the new God of War is basically an RPG. Yeah. So we're okay yeah. covering it on this on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could also <laughs> just argue so many games are like uh, they at least have RPG elements nowadays. So even like yeah, sometimes I think when we're discussing the games that we're gonna cover on here, we're like, "Oh, is it an RPG though?" And then it's like, "Well, I think we could like make an argument for a lot, a lot of them." Of things. And this certainly yeah, has yeah, a yeah, lot of thing, RPG elements. The premise of this podcast is bullshit because we yeah. can just do whatever we want. <laughs> it's always been true. bullshit. It's, 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 it's become true. increasingly bullshit over time too, as there, we've just like no made up rules. more excuses. Yeah. Um, it just also, went down like, after episode sixty-nine, probably. That's oh, probably yeah, that's where probably we were it. like, uh, no, we're, we're just going to cover so we just gave up. with yep. RPG elements. <laughs> I mean, but also Madden has fucking MOBA ults in it now. All bets are off. It doesn't God, matter anymore. That's so true. <gasps> so we could Damn. cover a Madden game. Is Madden we could. RPG shit. Yeah, they level up stats and stuff. Like level Saints up. Row, not Saints Row. You, you get experience now per play. Like you'll, like, yeah. you'll tackle someone and then there will be a little plus, like plus two above your head when that happens. It's wild. Yeah. People and sometimes we go good. a little, yeah. and sometimes we go a little off the rails in this podcast, and it's like, well, don't we all level up? Don't we all <laughs> have experience? Don't we all role play in life? Now, Natalie, are you saying that we are allowed to talk about every video game because we are playing the roles of our own lives and that makes Holy it a role playing shit? We can talk about anything and everything on this podcast, and I wow. think we can make an argument. Yeah. All the, for it. Natalie, we Flores, can do whatever as long as we're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as at the uh, beginning of every episode, uh, Imran, you just introduce us as like completely incorrect names and jobs <laughs> yeah. at the website. Yeah. God, Natalie came back from England with her third eye open. That's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it, 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 um, it did wonders for me. And um, this, uh, this God of War game, I actually hadn't like finished it. Like I hadn't finished it until yesterday in preparation for this podcast, mm. I played, I played it last year. I played like roughly half of it, which I thought was more than half of it. And I thought I was enjoying it more than I actually ended up enjoying it. Um, yesterday I, I, you know, got to the end. I was like, huh, that was a video game. And at one point, <laughs> at one point while watching, cause I'm sick. So my brain isn't the best. And so, uh, I was like watching, I was oh, like, sick. 
Oh, yeah, sick. And I was I like, six. Yeah, she just looks six. It's I'm fine. six. And what is this? I'm six. My brain's I bad. haven't gone to a new doctor's office yet, but I will be on Friday. So we'll, I'll let y'all know. Um, but my third eye opened indeed when I was watching things play out. And I was like, ah, he is the god of war. <laughs> the titular god of war. Are you talking about Kratos? <laughs> yeah. I think that was yeah. established in God of War 1 where he was like, I'm the God of War. I yeah. never played yeah. any of those games, especially oh, because I saw that you. they were like, you hadn't been born yet. really weird. Yeah, basically. Like I, the other day, what was it? I think it was yesterday. Like I just lack a lot of the cultural pillars that a lot of people do, partly because I'm quite young. Not to say everyone in this room is old. Um, I mean, it's But also true. because I just also am quite good at like figuring what I like and just zoning really hard into it and then engaging with nothing else. So though, didn't you just say you thought you were enjoying this game, but you weren't actually enjoying it though? Yeah, I thought I played more of it than I ended up playing. Then yesterday I like, you know, went through like a no commentary walkthrough and I was like, where the fuck did I, you know, stop playing? And it was less into less far into the game than i thought i was and i was like oh yeah i wouldn't have finished this <laughs> so yeah let's start let's start there what is everyone's familiarity with like this this the god of war reboot god of war 2018 like did yes. everyone finish it, it besides is, natalie it is it is my it. it is my 2018 game of the year it was one, right. it's one of my, it's <gasps> it one was, of my favorite games it, it has a weirdly big importance to Fanbyte as a website because yeah. it was the first game of the year conversation that we had when it was only four of us. It was me, Ryan, Dylan, and John yeah. uh, arguing on a podcast over what should be game of the year. It was Monster Hunter World versus God of War. And I fought yep. for Monster Hunter World and John fought for God of War. Yep. And uh, and I lost. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> like, I, I, I and you know what? I don't have, I don't feel any sort of way about that. Years later, you uh -huh. can have a rematch here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, let's have a rematch. No, uh, John, I, why do you think this? Get Ryan back in you, here. This was your game of the year material. Um, this, this game, but it did so much to undo my own perception of the series, which I think it needed. It needed it very badly because I actually right. don't think those. I don't think those original games. Well, I'm not going to say they're not good. They're not my cup of tea um, mm. at all. They were very like mid to like they exemplified what that mid 2000s kind of gr grim, dark edgelord right. action game bullshit yes. was for yeah. sure. Like it, it was in a lot of ways, the, the antithesis or antithesis of uh, devil may cry three Yeah. of what if we took it all really, really super seriously and just there was gore and sex and bullshit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think like, I, it's so it's so funny. the The original games had this very hectic, but almost floaty um, action to it. You know, he's got the chains, and there are a lot of enemies, and there's this kind of um, you know, it's it's very fluid. But I don't ever felt I, I never felt like it had a lot of weight to it personally. And I think like the the move to Kratos wielding an axe, at least for most of the game, spoilers. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, like having these different combat styles and moving to this like cold, frigid region. And also it being just a heavier, darker story that took itself a little more seriously. I, I don't necessarily know that I needed that aspect of it. There's something about 
the the levity of that series that I think could have persisted um, if if we wanted it to. Levity is a weird word for that. I mean, it was always yeah. like, I mean, it's it's it was always very much like, oh, I've got I'm in so much pain. I've got to <laughs> inflict my pain on you. But it's like it's it was so over the top, right? And I think this game went back to a place that wasn't so over the top in a way that I ultimately appreciated. Um, I do think it has issues. Like I, I do think we can, we can get into those about like, okay, is this father son narrative actually really working or, or what? But I, I thought the combat, I thought the exploration, I thought the world building was uh, amazing. I mean, Sony Santa Monica did an incredible job building this, this, uh, Norse world out in the midst of, I think, a Norse revival. And I think it stands out as maybe the best of the bunch of those things. And yeah, I was, it was my game of the year. It's a game that I also started playing over again uh, about three months ago. And I'm about like 70% through and it's, uh, it still holds up to me. I think it's very, very good. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, like, uh, I was going to say, like, this game was weird for me because, so this has the weird thing of the camera is always, always locked to Kratos' back. Yep. Right. Unless, like, it's in a cutscene or whatever, whenever you even slightly move, the camera moves with it yeah. in a way that isn't true of, say, like, Leon and Resident Evil 4, or maybe the shooting just made that a different thing. But, like, this is one of the very few games that actually made me motion sick. Oh. In a point, mm. To the point where I had to actually take Dramamine to finish it, which I'm glad I did because the game is good. But, like, <laughs> that is one of the weird things about the, like, the enduring memory for me is, like, walking around a cave and being like, I can't play this anymore. This is this is actually, like, making me sick. Oof. But th- it's a really good game that has just enough things in it that, like, make me go, mm, maybe not, like, the... The boss fight variety, I think, was the thing that always got me about it. Mm, was okay. there so the first boss you fight in that game is a troll. The second boss you fight in that game is a really cool uh, spectacle, you know, set piece kind of thing. Third boss is a troll. Fourth boss is a troll. Yeah. And like it just kind of keeps going <laughs> on like that. And like, like you keep and at some point I'm like, okay, fi- there's there's a big bird right over there. We're clearly gonna fight this big bird. And you know what happens? You fight a troll. And like <laughs> uh, yeah. th- I, I understand AAA games are hard to make. And I understand that like when Corey Barlog came out there and said, Yeah, if we had it add more bosses, it would have added years of the game development time. But man, there should have been more bosses in that video game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with that criticism. I think like they they definitely got into a, a, a you know like you know well, let's build Skyrim. Okay, what what corner are we going to cut? Uh, every single fucking interior is going to look the same after you leave a town. Uh, all right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, all right, all right, Corey Barlog, we got to get this game out. What are we going to cut corners? Fucking eight trolls. Let's just do it. Let's just do eight trolls. It's fine. Let's. They're essentially palette swaps. They don't really have any other uh, attacks and. And this is kind of what we're doing. Yeah, there there was stuff that was disappointing because like the the original games, I will say this about them, had unbelievable set pieces, right? These like mm. crazy uh, uh, perspective shifting, uh, flying through different environments, like fights with gods, right? And this game, the new one, went to a grounded place that was probably a little too grounded. Right. Yeah. I do think one of the, like, actually, before we go, Stephen, what did you think about this game originally? 
Uh, <clears throat> I thought it was fine. Um, I never beat it either. I got oh, about. Thank you. I felt left out. <laughs> you had a chance to make Natalie feel left out, and you didn't take it. No, I've done that <laughs> enough. You know, <laughs> Natalie was left out of the past like fourteen episodes that we've done uh, in the like two years that she's been gone in London. So I wanted to finally bring her back into the fold. Uh, much Says like Stephen, as they like heartwarmingly message to me every now and then, like <laughs> I hope you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that, um, but. Uh, something that's not super heartwarming is uh, God of War for the most part anyway it's obviously like it's it's as Kenneth puts in his review of the game it's like one of those quintessential dad games I'm kind of very publicly on the record as being like really 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 bored with the idea of dad games um, yeah. and so the story just did not do a ton for me um, a lot of the uh, sort of backtracking didn't really quite work for me a ton I do agree with everything John was saying about the weight and stuff like that I think that is great it feels really good a lot of the times but also this was for me and uh, honestly this this wraps into what we were just talking about a minute ago this comes back to the fact that that was the same year that Monster Hunter World came out. So the mm. bar f like for a third person melee focused action game was so high for me at that exact yeah. moment in time um that it was it was really tough for this game to overcome uh that sort of thing. And uh, I never really got back to it. I've been meaning to look at it cuz I hear that the PlayStation 5 boost for the PlayStation 4 version is really really good. Oh, um, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's super, okay. It's super good. Um, and it sounds, according to Kenneth, like the PC version is also great, which is nice to see because a lot of the Sony ports have been very mixed uh, at launch, it sounds like. Yeah. Like Horizon, uh, at the very least, was was pretty rough. And uh, I'm glad that it's running better. And I'm curious about it going forward because I actually did play the original. I played most of the God of War games to completion. I played 1, 2, and 3, one of the PSP. Games. The only ones I haven't beaten are the second PSP game and remember God of War Ascension. I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the not God of War Four game. Yeah, the not God of War Four game with like where they were like, "Listen, guys, we got this one. We got like that that first trailer that they showed was like, look at this. And the camera shows Kratos like climbing a mountain or a Titan or whatever the fuck, and it pulls back and there's three other Kratoses that have like different colored tattoos, and everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> like it's okay. co-op or I guess or multiplayer because that was yeah. also the the era of like. No, every video game has to have multiplayer in it. They put multiplayer into fucking Dead Space 2, that Ugh. competitive multiplayer mode. Yeah. And people were, were just sick of it. But yeah, yeah. that's every that's trailer had that about. thing where they pulled out. It's like, oh, actually, it's a map with a bunch of cars driving on the road. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, they put remember when they put uh multiplayer in Bioshock 2, didn't need it, but it was still pretty good. Bioshock yeah. 2. Oh yeah, the multiplayer there was fucking great. Yeah, that was fun. Anyway. Remember Tomb Raider 2013 had multiplayer? No. Yeah, <laughs> no one fucking played it. Yeah. I beat that game. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> having multiplayer. <laughs> anyway, uh I do kind of I'm curious to get back to it cuz I partially because I know it is kind of an important game to John. Uh I I know John really really likes it and I know a lot of people are very excited for the sequel. So yeah. I've been kind of curious to see it through to completion um just so I can have like more conversations with John about it and such. Yeah. It's I think what that game does most importantly is it takes the old God of War stuff and goes actually we realize that is dumb teenage bullshit. Totally. Cuz like Every time Kratos starts like inching a little closer to that old kind of edgy Kratos, 
even the game frames it as like you can't be serious. This is like yeah. putting on a Limp Biscuit t-shirt when you're 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely like yeah, seeing seeing a fucking uh 40 45 year old and Ed Hardy shit at Vin- on Venice Beach. <laughs> like it's just very like no, cut it out. Like cut it cut it out. Like cut it out, Kratos. This is it, not you. I I think one of the things that that why the dad stuff bothers me in games a little bit though is is largely because of that. This is a this is a going to be a tough metaphor for if you haven't watched that '70s show. Oh wow, Steven! <laughs> I'm going to go on this journey I'm with excited. you. All right, let's yeah. go. Uh, there's a late season episode of that '70s Uh-oh. show. You might have lost me already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Remember that '80s show? Well, in the I, I pilot do. episode. Yeah. Uh, no, it there's a there's an arc at some point where like Kelso thinks he's becoming a father or or is thinking oh, sure. about something yeah. something along those lines, and he develops empathy for women because uh, uh-huh. he he's like, oh wait, all women are somebody's daughter, daughter or whatever or whatever, yeah. And the the stuff with like oh I'm a good person now because I'm a parent always rubs me the wrong way because like you shouldn't need to have to frame everything for yourself in this like very direct personal way or or this this way that dehumanizes a person that also makes you think well I should care about this person not because they are a person and that they have agency I should care about this person because they matter to somebody else who I can better relate to like that that line yeah. of thinking has always struck me as very very shitty I, I do think I mean it is it is another piece in a very long line of media uh, no matter what it is TV movies books um what have you that basically frames parenthood as being the defining characteristic of humanity. Right. Right. And I think like, I, I agree. Like, I think there've been a lot of really, really, really good. There's been a lot of really good criticism about the dad narrative in this game, about how it rings a little hollow for people. And I read that stuff and I, I honestly agree with a lot of it. I do think that this is very much a game where, much like The Last of Us, to be honest, is mm-hmm. one of those things where a dude going through a midlife crisis goes, what if what if a kid just fucking fixed everything? And that's kind of they put that shit out there. And some of it's some of it's a little tough. Like, I don't know if it rings true to a lot of people that play these games. Um I'm sure there are parents out there that feel this way and 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 that they would be proud of those feelings. But at the same time, I do agree, Stephen, like the framing of parenthood as being the defining characteristic of of what it means to be human or empathetic or whatever is frustrating. That is a frustrating thing to just deal with for 25 hours or however long it takes to beat this game. So like for me, it, like I didn't really empathize with Kratos that much during the game. I empathize with Atreus because yeah, I same. also had a dad that was like the very like quiet stoic did not like mm, say, show a lot of affection. Right? Yeah. I, so for me, I was like, Oh, Atreus really fucking has it tough yeah. because he really wants to bond with his dad, but his dad is just having none of it. And there's like a scene that is very, very on the nose, but it, like where you see from both behind both of their backs, Kratos is going to pat Atreus on the back and then decides not to. Yep. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's, that was my dad of like, just I'm like, no, no, that might be a little too far kind of thing. Uh, there is a very, very good part in that game, which is like actually very use the gameplay really well. Cause up throughout the entire game, you use like the square button or some button to that's the Atreus, that's the boy button. That's right. the boy button. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how you press it is like Atreus will do different things. And like, 
as AJ starts getting less and less like interested in listening to Kratos, like little by little, he starts doing stuff on his own. And I'm like, did I hit that button? I don't actually know. Right. And it would just become like very obvious you did not hit that button. He is doing it on his own. They don't do a very good job of like sl- explaining why he suddenly becomes kind of an a-hole, but also kids are like that. They they will just so I did that too of I'm not going to listen cuz fuck this. Yeah. yeah. If no one's going to listen to me, I'm I'm the smart one. I'm the adult one here. I'm a For God. sure. You have to test boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, this this discussion ultimately gets at how I see this game as John mentioned earlier when comparing it to The Last of Us, like I I see it just very similarly. Um I, and and I say this I, I I think this is a very difficult game like to to play and to like if you are a woman and I say that knowing many women who love this game. So I I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. I don't mean in the sense that like being a woman makes this game like like it is impossible to like this game if you are a woman or something. But I mean, I this think game is not very pro woman, honestly. It, it's not no, at all. Not. Like even being very saying it's not very, it, it's quite generous. Like the two like primary women are the mom who is dead and like this omnipresent force that like she's literally an object. She's just like a pile of ashes that they are that is motivating <laughs> them from like you know the the first point in the game to the very last. And then the second is Freya, who I ended up being really disappointed with as a character. And I guess we could talk about her later, but like that is ultimately my, is such a barrier between me and games like this or the first last of us. Like there are games that, so I was talking with a friend who, uh, loves this game a lot it's one of her favorite games and we also have like really bad arcane brain rot i just finished my seventh rewatch and she <laughs> has watched re-watch. it just about seventh. just about as many times yeah Natalie. does seventh rewatch imply eight watches total yeah okay mention like the, the times because like every day i'll get like like there's a there's a sporadic moment in the day where i'll be like i want to watch this scene again and I'll rewatch it. I'll be like, okay, I scratched that itch. And then the next day will come and it'll be another scene. But um, so we were talking. So we have it really bad for that show. And I was talking to her about like, there is such a crucial difference because ultimately while Arcane is about these two women at the forefront, it is part of its narrative threads is like, about fatherhood like both women on both sides even though they are on like on vastly opposing sides by and jinx they're a lot of their story is centered on their relationship with vander and silka respectively and so i was wondering like i was telling her i like at no point did watching that show bother me and or irk me in terms of like the way that explores fatherhood and specifically fatherhood and daughterhood uh while the last of us and god of war narratives like this i have really little tolerance for like to the point where i'm like this shit is just like really boring and irksome and it annoys me and i was like trying to figure out why and I, i ultimately arrived at the decision that um in terms of arcane like 
Vine Vander or like these are first of all they're already established sort of fatherhood relationships it's not like you have a grizzled um problematic man on one end trying to figure out what it means like to be a person like Vander and even Silco so Silco is like one of my favorite characters um Silco like he knows himself as a person like, these are established people and they're not sort of trying to navigate the world and their humanity through parenthood exactly but they are discovering new parts of themselves in that way and I think what bothers me about games like God of War just stories like God of War is um it it's ostensibly about parenthood but the balance is tipped so much in the favor of the old grizzled man that is you know trying to figure out what it means to have empathy like ultimately the last of us explores at least the first one explores ellie's character and develops her and you get to know her and care for her and whatnot same as for atreus but it's they're they feel more like a means to an end for these adult men to figure themselves out and so it doesn't feel like a, a balanced relationship to me and that makes it quite boring in comparison no. That's a weird thing about Sony's portfolio at that time, like during the PS4 and like late PS3 era, was like almost everything was male midlife crisis, the video game. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like there were exceptions, obviously. There was like Horizon and things like that. But a large part of it, and I think a large part of why initially I saw God of War, I was like, oh, oh this thing again, was we we did explore these same themes with, with Joel and Ellie into like a some extent with like Nate and Sam and other like other games from the Sony Worldwide Studios portfolio. <laughs> Even Uncharted ends with like, and now he's a dad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Which is like a na- it's not a natural consequence. It's a consequence of everyone who was making games twenty years ago is now a dad. Yeah. Yep. And they're now they're designing or directing games like, what if we made a game about this thing I know well, a lot about? Which is Corey Barlog will happily admit to you that's why he made God of War the way he did. Yes, totally. Yeah. But. And like to Natalie's point, there it speaks to one experience that is also completely void of a lot of others. Of yeah, Freya really gets a short shift in that game, not just in terms of like what happens to her in the story, but also how she's written. She is written like a character which has been storyboarded, and not a character which is written from somebody's actual personal experience. Mm. Yeah, right. She is like this is another weird. Uh, analogy, but like she is in terms of writing what like a mid era Resident Evil character is in terms of like character design. Like you look at some of those, you look at like a 2006 to 2012 era Japanese action game and you look at those character designs on some of those people in not just Resident Evil, but it's a good example. If you like look at a Revol- Resident Evil Revelations character and you'll know what I'm, I mean, it's where it's a character who's just like, this is not a person. Nobody would wake up in the morning and dress themselves like this. Like, like that is not, that is not how you go through your day. Somebody had like, this, this looks like a person who was designed by somebody else. And like Freya comes across like that as a person. I think like, it's a, it's weird because her, her story involves her being so emotionally distraught by something that she loses perspective of what actually happens. Right. But she'd set like every piece of dialogue from her, from her comes off as a very calculating and what's the word I'm looking for? Very thought out and present. 
in a way that's like, okay, but are you losing yourself to the anger or are you like actually do you, or, or are, are you, you conscious? Yeah. Are you still, yes. are you this calculating? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 to me, that was like the, the one thing that came off like very weird about it, but it does in like the entire character's arc was leading to that point and it kind of fell flat for me there, which as she's the only female character really in the entire game that you don't kill. Yeah. That, like that mm-hmm. became somewhat of an issue. I, I I thought that would resolve better than it did too, because I, I really, I liked the, I liked kind of the mystery around her character when you first meet her and mm. she's living in that secluded, uh, she's living inside a secluded turtle basically. Um, and, uh, like, you know, starts to become a surrogate mother already, which is a little bit annoying, but was still, you know, a, a guiding force, a kind of force that was, you know, uh, you know, leading these characters into uh, further into the journey. But then, yeah, I felt like it kind of the wheels kind of came off of it um, toward the end. It's just weird because she's supposed to essentially serve as a foil to Kratos, but in the same breath that the narrative argues that Kratos needs to embrace vulnerability and emotions in order, and that we all essentially have to in order to be not just better family members and particularly parents, if that applies to you, but better people in general. With her narrative, it feels like it punishes any emotions in general. And that is is so like, they're so directly opposing that it, there's a a very obvious disconnect to me. And I just didn't like where her character ended up going at all. Um, I was actually quite shocked. I, I like, like you said, originally, I thought she was really interesting. I thought it was interesting that, you know, there's an obvious parallel between Kratos and Atreus, you know, exploring the world at large and her being secluded and her past mistakes. You know, she is unable to escape from her past mistakes, even though it, that is another thing. Like it, the narrative is so punishing towards women, uh, just because it's like Kratos did all this murder and all this bloodshed and all these things that he did throughout the f- first several games that came out, and that this is a reboot of. Um, but he is allowed to uh, to be more than that, to explore the world and to look sort of at this possibility in the face of like he can be better than that. But she she just tried to do something for her son's well-being and they both committed mistakes but she committed like one and she is sort of punished and secluded and suffers from her narrative to the point that she even like lets her son you know entertain the very real thing that he's about to do of like killing her at the end Mm. or trying to kill her um and (laughs) kratos like has like a pile of mistakes and he's allowed to be something else and something better and bigger. And that is, it's upsetting to sort of, and like what Steven was getting at earlier, like I think there's a, there's a justifiable sort of, not anger. It's not quite that intense, especially because we're so used to dad narratives uh, in video games, but there is a certain privilege that belies the notion that like it took until parenthood for this 
person, whether they're real or not, to, you know, engage with empathy and be like, oh, that's that's a that's a thing that exists. Yeah, for sure. On that note, we'll be back with more God of War talk <laughs> after a word from our sponsors. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So now that we're, we're like, I feel like we're actually kind of delving in a little bit to story, our spo- story spoilers on God of War. Jump Where ahead think- five minutes or something if you don't want to hear spoilers. More yeah. spoilers. Based on that ending and based on that little teaser of where, like, Thor is clearly, or not Thor, sorry, Kratos is causing Ragnarok, which is causing Thor to show up. Yeah. Uh, where do you think God of War Ragnarok is actually picking up? Do you think it's going to be, like, factor in, or not factor in, do you think it's going to pick up right where that previous game ended? Uh, I think, you know, because because the originals, and this is where some knowledge of the originals is uh, probably to the benefit of the the new games, is because, like, the loop of the original games is like, I'm going to basically run through the Greek pantheon until everyone's dead. Right. Um, and I think, like, we're on that road, right? Like we're, we're, we, we, we didn't know we were on that road, I think until the end of that game. And then it's like, oh, suddenly we, we took the entrance ramp and now we're on this highway. Right. And it's like, are we really going to do this again? And my answer is probably no. Like my answer is probably like it picks up where we left off, but there has got to be a break in the cycle, right? If Kratos is going to give his, first of all, I also think Kratos is going to fucking beef it at the end of this game. I think he's mm. dead. I think he's toast. I think yeah, they've <laughs> called this the end of the arc. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I love I, the idea that like every Sony exclusive about dads just ends in the second game. Yeti. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. like, like I, I don't even think they're going to blink. I don't think they're even going to blink. They saw what happened to Joel in two and they could have said, well, we got to do something different, but I don't think they're going to, I think this is going to be just like, yep. Okay, here we go. Um, I don't know if you like, I think he probably makes it through the end of this game, but I think the cycle has to be broken by Kratos being like, I have to live my life with less cruelty. I have to end my life in a space that isn't, you know, delivering this cruelty to my son vicariously, which irony of ironies will pick up with a new series of God of War games where Atreus is fucking brutally murdering people, I bet. But I I do think that's probably where we end up is, you know, we can't do this again, Kratos. Like, we can't just kill the entire Norse pantheon because they, you know, they've, they, they picked a fight with you. Um, it's so funny. Cause like he, he didn't want to kill the Norse Pantheon in this game. They just no. ended up, he like Mr. Magoo his way into everyone dying. Yeah. He basically just, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was a very Mr. Magoo situation. And he's, it was basically, oh shit, here we go again without thinking about it, you know? Well, and, uh, I- I mean, one of the things I actually really like about the story at the very beginning is that, like, he's like, leave me alone. And yeah, he, he does. Baldur he just is wants like, to live a quiet life. Right. Just like Yoshikaka Kira uh, just wants to live a quiet life and <laughs> nothing else bad happens. And 
uh, Balder just shows up and is just like, nah, you're going to fucking fight me until, and, and he just like fucking like harasses him until like Kratos has to basically snap. And I thought that was actually yeah. one of my favorite through lines of this game was, yes. was that guy. Yeah. Um, oh, but Jeremy Davies performance as Balder was one of my favorites of the past, like five years, I would say. Yeah. 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 yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> This is the weird thing about this game for me, about like the idea. I think you are both right. I think that Kratos beefs it and we probably play as Atreus or they completely skip off of this altogether. And like it's God of War and it's set in Egypt and you're playing completely different characters or something. Yeah, because like like because six years ago, we talked about this. You and I, John, talked about this not too long ago with like when on your one of your uh, morning Tuesday streams on Twitch. Uh, about the Killzone franchise. And like six years ago, I would say absolutely fucking no way would Sony ever kill off Kratos because Sony, and they still do, and but the, especially back then, loves to have not only the prestige games like they have, but also a mascot character, but like a, a grim, dark mascot kind of thing. And that's why in the Killzone games, Despite the fact that the, the Hellgast were like always in the lore of that world, the most interesting and probably the like the most like justifiably angry like faction in that world, you never played as any but as the Hellgast or only once in the Vita game played as the Hellgast because they wanted you to always be looking at those very recognizable glowing stormtrooper gas masks yep. the whole time. Yeah. They they, they love iconography. They, they love, love iconography. Like, yeah. You see it in the way that, like, Aloy looks. Like, she has a very distinctive, like, look with a big uh, red hair and everything like that and a bow. You see it in a way that... Yeah, wait, waitress at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> yeah. uh, Famous uh, Nathan Drake, who has yeah. a, totally. the, sh- the shirt. The shirt and. tuck and everything like that. Like, they, they kept making Uncharted games way longer than they should with Nathan Drake because Nathan Drake was a mascot, basically. Like, he was a modern-day Crash Bandicoot for them in a lot of ways. And if not because of the way he looked necessarily, but, like, because of the way he responded to situations. Because you could put him in a trailer, and he would go, oh, crap, 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 or whatever. And people kind of <laughs> immediately started to pick up on that stuff. Yeah. Like, that became one of their weird through lines for a long time. And Kratos is that for them. Like, Kratos is one of the last big ones that they have, That because he's a big, weird, white paint painted fucking war boy from Mad Max Fury Road with a beard. And it's going to be that, that like if they get away from Kratos, I I'm very curious to see what they do next because like Atreus is just not as recognizable. He doesn't cut the same silhouette in that same way. And I feel like with with that, something like that is maybe going to, if we're just getting into full predictions for where the story is going to go, like does the weird ash curse transfer to Atreus and suddenly he looks like a juggalo or what, you know? (laughs) I mean, I mean, I think the short answer is yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, I mean, like Geralt and Siri both look very totally. similar, right? And like we know that that shift will probably happen at some point. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I the only thing I'll say is like I, I admire that. I don't know that I love The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two, and like I've been on the record of that. But the one thing I will say that I'm impressed by, and that I think other big AAA developers are starting to feel more comfortable with, is killing characters, right? Killing big iconic characters. Joel arguably is not as visually uh, 
uh, identifiable as Geralt, and certainly not Kratos, right? But it's right. like there is People something love about that fucking dude. <laughs> there is something about <laughs> there is something about moving on that feels like now that we know that some games are doing this, there is a chance that we're going to see more believable narratives that end instead of the perpetual machine, right? Like, I'm not saying there won't be more God of War games because, lol, like, of course there will be, but, like, um, I, I don't know. I think I think we might see something like that, like the curse goes to Atreus mm-hmm. and now, and he's also, like, half giant, right? Like, so yeah. there's, oh, there's, sure. there's some shit that might happen where it's, like, all right, on his 18th birthday, like now he looks like fucking uh now he looks like Marvel's Loki, you know, just suddenly, you know, and uh I don't know, like that that might be something that happens. But I I agree something would have to happen to that character to make it more iconography focused for him to be the focus. So I think Sony has hit on the idea. They've realized the idea that killing a character is the fastest way to prestige writing. Yeah. For better or worse, yes. Yes. It is just an easy way to go, see, we're not, we took, video games are serious business. We (laughs) we can actually kill off a character. And like, I think you're probably right. That's probably where they do take it. I think they do it in a way that's like, I can see it as kind of the ending of Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. where just like this is now you're playing as Atreus for like an hour of the game, right. and then we can still fill in the middle with as much Kratos stuff as we want to. Yeah, but for sure, there is a point where Kratos dies, and then Atreus takes over. I I don't know that anyone that people will respond necessarily as well to an Atreus game, but also I don't really know what the God of War fan base at this point looks like because. The reboot and the original games are so different in terms of tone and tenor. Yeah. I, if you told me that, like, oh, yeah, they're going to replace Kratos with this as, like, his kind of, you know, 12-year-old son or whatever, I would be like, oh, no, but the God of War franchise, the audience is so mm-hmm. macho and, like, or self-perceived macho and into gore and violence and that stuff. I don't mm-hmm. see that working. But now it's like it's an HBO show that you play. Yeah. yeah, I do wonder though because like I agree, John, um, that The Last of Us two sets this precedent um, and one that I quite enjoy. But I, I am wondering how much like they are certainly aware of these expectations, especially given that Sony Santa Monica and Naughty Dog are sort of the prestige. Sony studios focusing on like a mix of action adventure and narrative. So I wonder like how much they're aware of the expectation, how worried they are that it might seem repetitive, especially given that the last of us two came out fairly recently and Ragnarok will sort of be on its heels as like the next major narrative game after horizon Forbidden West um, and how that will play into shaping the story because I I don't think they'll want to be seen as like, you know, pulling the Joel trick, especially given that like these are two like fairly fatherhood focused narratives. Um, And Stephen, what you were saying earlier, I thought was like a really fascinating discussion because I I brought up Nathan Drake as a joke initially, but I mean you are you're right. Like Nathan 
is you know such a staple mascot for sony and it's not it's not that he's interesting i mean he looks like what the baldur's gate three creators were telling people <laughs> stop creating we made this whole fancy character creator and y'all are just making the same like looking white men um but natalie it's, says nathan drake is default yes he is he's so painfully default and it's like but it's all a self-fulfilling prophecy right like nathan drake gets to be a mascot because they throw so much money into the marketing and they make him a mascot like aloy as john <laughs> pointed out aloy like doesn't stand out on her own like a whole bunch i would say she is well, not the most inventive bullied, character everyone bullied them to remove the dread so exactly. clearly it's, it's every it's the woke mob's fault exactly you look at any npc <laughs> yeah. in that game and they are more visually interesting than aloy like 500 times more interesting than her but who gets the marketing, who gets the positioning, who gets to be an icon. Yeah, the white woman with the red hair that used to be dreads and that they moved away from the moment that people started to point it out. So it's like, it, it, I just think it's an interesting and really fascinating discussion about like who gets to be, you know, who gets to be centered in Sony's iconography, who gets to, like, it's just a range of people. It could be, like, Kratos, who is very visually striking, and not just, like, visually. Like, Christopher Judge, he is, like, a force behind every line. Like, I can't imagine someone who suits that role right. more. So it's it's not even just his visuals, but, like, his his presence, his aura, and that combination of animation and voice acting and performance and everything. Um but you have Kratos on one end of the spectrum, and I can perfectly see someone like Atreus, like even as he is now being positioned, like in some sort of way. Like if you just throw enough money, if you just position it right, you can make an icon sort of out of anyone. It's just about like who gets to. Who do they just throw that money at and who do they just put in front of eyeballs long enough that uh, like similar to this is like a thing inside baseball type thing. But like I never when we first started the website, like I always thought Fanbyte was a weird name. But now whatever, three years later, it's just like we've just been saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it so long that it's just like a completely meaningless nonsense phrase to me now. It's just like, oh, that's just the name of the website. And it's like the Sony will very happily just do that with characters like like Aloy is if and Nathan Drake are perfect examples, Natalie, of just like as long as they keep putting the money behind it to make sure that you see them, it's just like, okay, that's that's who that is. Also, they can just go like, no, we didn't we didn't do any of that. It's still Kratos. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, I, it absolutely could go that way. Yes. I, the, as we were having this conversation, like it's, it's such a cop out way to do it, but a good way that they could buy themselves time to figure their way out of this writing hole, I guess, uh, this corner is they could just go back and remake God of War one in the modern engine and redo the writing and stuff and be like, we're going to tell the HBO prestige show version of the events of the first trilogy again. Just, you know, like they're, they did it with demon souls. They did it with shadow of the Colossus. You know, they, they have a history of it. Those resident evil remakes sell very well. Yeah. I think it would be an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea to go back and do that. I I think it would be so much fucking funnier as if he dies at the end of this, but he goes to like 
a very specific afterlife of a very specific religion that isn't like Norse or Greek. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, and it's like, oh, now he's got to fight his way out of Sumerian hell or something. And it's like, holy shit, the Sumerians were right. And he basically like, you know, like it's just that that would just be like an amazing kind of like uh, punctuation mark. At the Have you ever what David Jaffe described as the original ending for God of War? No, I don't. That uh, three wise or three three men, whatever, saw like the entire events of God of War, and all of them decided to take that story elsewhere. And they all spent three different directions through the desert. They all founded Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, <laughs> which timeline wise oh, doesn't make sense doesn't at make all. Any sense? God, <laughs> that is fucking amazing. <laughs> John, you do give me as long as we're fantasy booking anyway. Sure. The, the, your your thing about like Kratos dying and then waking up somewhere else does uh-huh. make me think. What if they just full on isekai Kratos? He just yeah. wakes up <laughs> and it's modern day America, and, he, yep. and everybody's like, "What the fuck? You're nine feet tall!" And they try to shoot him with guns, <laughs> and the bullets bounce off of him, and he's like, "Oh, oh what, what, is this, dying, what is this Kratos chariot? What's that? Kratos dying creates a spinoff series." Called <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. After this discussion, and I don't mean this in the sense that it wasn't uh, compelling or that it did it wasn't convincing, but I don't want Kratos to die. I want okay. him to like leave Atreus willingly, like mm. not well, willingly, it, but like. W- the problem is that Kratos dying is too easy a solution for like absolution. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, oh, oh, of course it is, but that's why I think it's likely to happen. Yeah. That's true. Like Making I, I don't, I don't have faith in them doing a thing where that is like extremely beautiful but complicated. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't have the faith there. If they did that, I would love that. I think that would be an incredible way to to go. Where it's mm-hmm. like I have to leave you. I have to leave this and and go off and and whatever. And that would be an interesting way to end it. Do I? I just don't think. It, I just don't have the faith. That's making me. Kratos a dad is the easy way out of yes. absolution in the first place. Yep. Like they, they were already on that railroad. Yeah. Mm. Right. Which is like one of the things I think worked about that game is that Kratos realized he doesn't deserve absolution. Then wherever right. he, he is like, he thought he could hide until just the world passed him by, but the world eventually will come for him, whether it's because of what he's done or because of how strong he is. But I think, if you extend that to like its fullest metaphor, he either has to die or he has to go like, I can't be around you or anyone I love anymore because I am going to cause pain wherever I go. So, but if you do kill him, then it's just like, whoops, got found an easy out. Great for me. I, I don't, I think like this goes back to a thing with like Nier and Yoko Taro where he says his characters don't deserve happy endings because they've killed too many people along the way. Like, what the fuck does Kratos actually deserve at the end of this? And I have no idea. That's for a better writer than me to figure out. I don't know that they're going to actually reckon with that in any way. I mean, it's God of War, right? Like, maybe they they make him, like, he has to slot himself into the pantheon. You know, he becomes the new God of War of this thing to, like, seal off the, you know, gates of oblivion or whatever the fuck. And he lives on, but he's removed from the normal flow of existence in some weird way. And Atreus has to move on without him knowing his dad is still around, but, you know, whatever. There's a million directions they could take it, for sure. Yeah. Mm, I would like to see that, because then it... It would then create a nice 
sort of second parallel to Freya in the sense that like she, you know, was secluded and sort of right. barred from the world. But that was like a a more self-imposed position. I think if like his is involuntary and like within another realm or something, something that he can't, you know, get out of or undo or get a second shot at like Freya does at the end with um, her son. I think that would be interesting actually. Or, or versus Dracula. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Dracula! I know you're Dracula. here, you big bitch. Where's my fucking money? <laughs> I'm also like quite, in addition to Dracula, obviously, I'm actually quite interested in what they'll do with, is it, is it said Angerboda? Ang- Angerboda? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Angerboda. Yeah, I think. I'm excited for that. I, I'm aware that there are multiple women and queer people and people of color on the writing team. So I'm sure. curious as to what they will be able to do with the narrative and how they'll expand it if, you know, if they do that. But yeah, yeah, um, that's that's a character I'm, I'm a little interested in. I just wish that like it feels like the sequel is sort of the room where we're sort of establishing a pattern with Last of Us 2 and maybe this game where like the second game is the much more inclusive one that like, you know, re-examines the first game and it's just what the first game should have been from the start. And I I do not like that pattern that I feel is already forming. It just feels like a sudden, a second iteration of dad game, but like, oh, let's, let's have the second game. Like, I don't want to have the, Things like I don't want things to be done right and well and very consciously like in the second game. I want it to be done from the first. <laughs> get it game. right, you just get it right the first time. You, you yeah. dumb dumbs. Yeah, there is an element of that that just feels like very much that that's modern media. That's like very much the Disney version of this. Is just like we promise we're going to get around to having a female <laughs> lead character yeah. 26 movies later, you know, like, but like, right. and then I mean, the, the argument becomes very much like we have to prime the audience for, you know, for this. And like, we have to establish like Overwatch does is doing it with like Overwatch two and stuff like that. We, we wanted to make sure we had a, a story worth telling for, to, for the first black woman in our video. Playable game. black woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, ex- it's exactly, yeah. It's like the, the friend, chisification <laughs> of, of just everything is leaving those urgent conversations about like you know wh- like what does this what does this one game have to be it like it's leaving that behind because they're leaning so heavily on well we have like eight eight fucking uh games to get this right you know like we can get it right in god of war 4 or whatever it's just like it's it's so annoying that mm. this is basically the way things are because everyone's got a ton of rope to hang themselves with these days um I don't know. It's frustrating. Hey, here's a question. Yeah. Is Final Fantasy XIV a Realm Reborn, a God of War game? Because all I've been seeing so far is people saying, hey, these primals people are worshipping and we don't worship because we're smarter than them. Uh We need to kill them. Yeah. So is that essentially not just wiping out an entire pantheon of gods? They... The so that like a lot of that stuff in the Natalie also knows this well, but like a lot of that stuff in like the A Realm Reborn stuff is 
problematic at best in a lot of those ways, especially with the way that like beast tribes and quote unquote beast tribes are are coded and stuff. Uh, they come back around in expansions and are like, yeah. So a lot of that writing was kind of bad and weird and colonial. Uh, so we're going to have this character, this character, this character kind of come in here and start like voicing how weird that was. And we're going to do some stuff about it. They start to go in the other direction on a lot of that stuff. Okay. And you end up actually like that's a that's a thing in in Final Fantasy 14 as well as like post expansion on all of those. Almost all of those uh, pantheons or all of those like groups that worship different pantheons and stuff like that. You end up like as side quests uh, helping them instead. So. Yeah, I definitely noticed the like we got to wipe out the mud tribes because they're worshiping the wrong god feeling to it. Totally. Yeah. Gonna send a, a page from the. Eorzean Encyclopedia like the second volume that directly addresses all of this but like as we've been discussing is the second volume so like they get to it later on I mean I guess that's just you know the process of flawed storytelling and I mean storytelling in general as flawed people with biases and whatnot right um but yeah that that's a I'm gonna send a neat little page that you might be interested in about the yeah. Like they, they start to get away from that as as early as like they, they start to move in the direction of like realizing, oh, this is weird and they don't move away from it necessarily. But they do try to like balance the scales a little bit because like a large chunk of Heavensward, the first Final Fantasy 14 expansion is you basically like wiping out the Catholic Church, like, uh-huh. <laughs> fighting, the, fighting the evil pope. Uh, so fighting the pope, basically. But yeah. <laughs> man i Elf was gonna pope. say like because uh, i was talking to steven when we were like talking about future episodes and i was like i i don't want to turn this into like a, a like half 14 <laughs> podcast you know because like that is my Guess temptation what? you guys infected me with the sickness <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. like it just wow. happens we brought up final <laughs> fantasy 14 and neither steven nor i were the ones doing it so it's just an inevitability, I guess, at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess the, that wraps up our God of War discussion. <laughs> like Kratos being dragged into war, it's an inevitability. <laughs> I want to say one thing. We focused a ton on the story. I just want to say one thing. This game is fun as shit. Like yeah. if you if you totally. get like if you're like okay, I really to be honest couldn't give less of a shit about this father narrative. Like that's fine. There was a lot of like exploration and kind of like yeah, uh, cool gear uh, gear collecting and and different moves that you can do and and just kind of load build a loadout for your Kratos that yeah. works for your playstyle and like the actual nuts and bolts of that they have there's a fucking roguelite in that game like built into it there's a basically a world where all you do is basically do roguelites because the battle system is so fucking good that game is just really really polished from a gameplay perspective so even if like all of this conversation, this very good conversation about how I think the narrative does fall a little bit short of its own kind of lofty expectations. Um, the game is like a super, super fun and polished. So if you like action adventure games and kind of building your own Kratos that it's, it's super good for that. So throwing the act and recalling it literally never gets old. It never like it really never gets old. (laughs) There's like this primal enjoyment of just throwing an axe. Yes. And then like 
clicking the button and then it comes back to you and you're like oh. through two enemies it it's amazing through enemies through yeah. them yeah like you, you, you your, your axe has an upgrade where uh, if you hit a certain uh, uh, move in a certain sequence it'll freeze the the enemy that you hit with an axe okay fine then you throw your axe against an enemy that's like trying to hit you with arrows from a cliff uh, over on the left and when you recall it it crashes through that frozen enemy and breaks it into a million pieces like that mm-hmm. shit just happens all the time and it is yeah. it is a blast to play and it they give you this entire massive move set and then they literally give you a totally other weapon like 70 percent through the game that you can also do all this other crazy shit with so like it's it, it, from a gameplay perspective and the pacing of the actual like moment-to-moment gameplay is like so so good so I, I think the narrative discussion is like amazing and I'm really glad we did that. But I do think the game itself is just a blast. So if you are into stuff like that, you should definitely give it a shot. And a lot of people are. It's what it's Sony's best selling PC port so far. Hey. Yeah. And like top the Steam charts in a way that like the Days Gone's and the, the Horizons never did. Yeah. Can't fucking believe people are still talking about Days Gone. It'll never stop, Natalie. As long like as the directors come. So did you, you saw the thing where they're like, yeah, we sold as much to Ghost of Shima. We still didn't get like a sequel. Then like, uh, like a day later, the director's like, yeah, I actually don't know how much we sold. I just, assumed. <laughs> I just made, I just made that shit up. Yeah. Incredible. <sighs> All right. This has been 99 potions. Uh, we are out of here, but first we're going to sidle up to the bar. Yes, we're we gonna, are. Wow. We're going to bring our, our flasks of, Potion mead. Hey, Amber, the, what's your flag of mead. Oh, right. <laughs> we're going to do that. <laughs> God. Natalie For some let reason, that in my head, that was after this stuff. Okay. No, not at uh, all. God, that's so funny. Everyone's like, I just got to get out of here without. <laughs> Before, Let's Natalie just says my, Before Natalie says my Twitter username. I just have to get out of here. He, uh, he escaped it for a month and a half while, while you were gone. No, I, to be fair, Steven did pick up. To make fun of my Twitter name while you were gone. Yes, that's true. Thank God. Someone had to do it while I wasn't here. But now I'm back. So uh, you can find Imran at Imran Zomegad, which is Mm -hmm. Imran Z-O-M-G, which is (laughs) exactly that, is Zomegad. Yeah. (laughs) Just... Gonna keep saying it until Imran stops. Just in case, because like maybe some maybe some folks out there are like, "Oh, Zomg is something like really cool." <laughs> it's like, it's like wow. I will say the only thing that made me reconsider that at like at some point was not you making fun of me, but was seeing that Ryuji what? from Persona Five wears a Oh my God shirt. Oh, I'm like, oh. Ryuji, Ryuji kind of sucks. No, he, he does. He like, we almost had put- Kenneth on this episode, Kenneth and we did. Kenneth Shepard just fucking like like loses uh, it like, in the corner. Created a kin-shaped hole in his living room, like running he, through. Yeah, he just like looked, like felt a disturbance in the force. Got yeah. up, and he's like on his way to San Francisco right we're, now. We're like two, See, the thing we're, is, we're, we're like two for two too, because on on uh, on the Tuesday morning show, we talked <laughs> shit about Overwatch for about twenty minutes, and then now I I can't believe this, Kenneth. You deserve better than this, Kenneth. I'm so sorry. I, I'm I'm just naturally kind of against every one of those persona. Ca- the be- the horny best friend, I think, is the the trope yes. I dislike. Fair enough. I hate it. Anyways, um, that Morgana's was... Morgana's hornier than Ryuji. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wait, did you say Morgana? Yeah. 
Yeah. The cat? Yeah, no, yeah. there's always a hornier yeah. one. You but think like the cat the, is hornier than Ryuji. The cat is horny for On. It's like a it's like a Oh, key that's true. That is that's drag. true. That's true. That's true. I and forgot about gross. On. But also we On should has have that full. We should have an hour long discussion about this next episode or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> anyway. Which persona five ranking the persona five characters from worst to also worst. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda wanna do that really badly you now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find Natalie on Twitter at Hardemesia. Yeah. A stupid fucking name. <laughs> wow. 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 I just corner. wanted to counterbalance it. I thought, yeah, like, you, you know. You, you don't have to go through time compression to see Natalie's bad tweets. So <laughs> I, I like the voice Steven adds to Get that. Get it out of your like, systems now that I'm like, back. Go. Does anyone else have anything to say? <laughs> you can find Steven Strom on Twitter as at Steven Strom. That's me. You can find uh, Head of Large John clean. Warren on Twitter as at Floppy Adult. Ay. And Seems you can find our producer, simple. Jordan Mallory, as at uh, Jordan underscore Mallory. Ah, uh, Jordan's is also simple and clean. Yes. It's going to be for 90 bucks on the, the Switch. Fucking the switch. What? Yeah. Oh, if the version. version. Sorry. Yeah. I missed yeah. that. It's going to yeah. be ninety dollars yeah. for the cloud yeah. version too, John. For the cloud Pro- version, for the saga. Not Do for, you like, all the know? One game. I can't yeah. like. There's, I Jesus. I just hope I live. <laughs> I hope I live long enough. Like maybe I'll be on my deathbed when I'm 108 or whatever, where finally people will realize how bad this fucking series <laughs> is, and uh, and then then I'll die happy. Anyway, that's it. It's brave of you, John, to right now here live on the internet claim that you are going to do a full playthrough of the entire series <laughs> yeah. on stream. I, I'll and you're going to do Natalie, it before Natalie plays Final Fantasy No, no, no. XII. What I was going to say is, Natalie, legitimately, if you do play Final Fantasy XII through, I will I will play the Kingdom Hearts series. <laughs> Neither of us wants that. I no, don't want to have to sit through that. You no, don't want to have to sit through that. We don't that. want that, but I mean, maybe our audience wants that. Maybe the audience wants pack. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Let us know if you're John and Natalie phobic. Um, but John, Dying that, that like seems goofy like goofy getting plucked with that rock. That's <laughs> yes. That's not, that sounds like a great reason for it us all comes to back get to Nikki. some potion. Okay, yes. <laughs> 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 to get some potions. Circular episode. Saddle up back to the to bar. <laughs> Natalie Wait, really wants to get out of here now that <laughs> we like we talk are talking about Final Fantasy twelve. Oh, I know. We, we clink our flasks together. I'm sweating. Clink, 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 clink. actually sweating a little. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>